Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. Now, if this is your first time listening to our show, I want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, topics, or categories. But we do have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, today is Thursday, which means that today will be relatively challenging in terms of comparison to the other days of the week. Of course, if you find this episode to be a bit too hard, I still think you should listen to it. I still think you should tune in tomorrow on Friday as well. And on the other hand, if you find this episode to be quite simple, well, tomorrow's going to be the hardest day of the week, so make sure you tune in again on Friday. Now, without any further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question Number one, how many balls are on a pool table to start a game? And the answer there, if you count the cue ball, which does count, that would be a total of 16. Pool is a classification of cue sports played on a table with six pockets along the rails, into which balls are shot. Each specific pool game has its own name. Some of the better known include 8-ball, black ball, 9-ball, 10-ball, 7-ball, straight pool, 1-pocket, and bank pool. 8-ball is the most frequently played discipline of pool and is often thought of as synonymous with pool. The object balls include seven solid-colored balls numbered 1 through 7, seven striped balls, numbered 9 through 15, and, of course, the black 8-ball. So, if you're playing pool, typically if you're playing 8-ball, that means is that you have 16 balls on the table, again, including that cue ball. Can't forget that one. Moving on to question number two. The film The King's Speech and the film The English Patient feature which English actor? And that would be Colin Firth. Colin Andrew Firth is an English actor and producer. He was identified in the mid-1980s with the Brit Pack of rising young British actors undertaking a challenging series of roles. He is the recipient of various accolades, including an Academy Award, two British Academy Film Awards, a Golden Globe Award, and three Screen Actors Guild Awards. He has also received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and appeared in Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People. I believe he was also knighted by the Queen herself, which is pretty cool. I wish I could be a knight. Unfortunately, I'm American, so I don't think that's going to happen. But that night, who starred in The King's Speech and The English Patient, that night was Colin Firth. Question number three. What animal breathes out of its butt? And that animal just so happens to be a turtle. In the cold of winter, 
turtles enter a state of brumation. Now, brumation is essentially the same as hibernation, but reptiles brumate while mammals hibernate. Now, during brumation, turtles don't require much oxygen, but what they need, they can't get by breathing like they do in the warmer parts of the year. Instead, they use another form of respiration, which is kind of like breathing through their butts. The technical term for this butt breathing is called cloacal respiration. Through cloacal respiration, turtles get oxygen from the water by moving the water over their body surfaces covered in blood vessels. In this case, it's their cloaca, which is essentially their butt. So that's cloaca respiration, or as I like to call it, butt breathing. So that butt breather, that is the turtle. Moving on to question number four. What two cities represent letters of the phonetic alphabet? Okay, and those two cities are Lima and Quebec. So that would be Lima, Peru, and Quebec, Canada. Kind of a fun geography question for you. We we did a uh, we did a question yesterday on Wednesday's episode about the phonetic alphabet, and so today I thought uh, yesterday we covered a little bit of the history. Today I thought it'd be fun to just run through the entire phonetic alphabet. Now I used to have these memorized because when I uh, I worked on the phone quite a bit, I found that it was quite useful to know them to spell things out. I don't quite have them memorized anymore, but I have them written down. We'll run through them for you. Ready? Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, Hotel, India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec, Romeo, Sierra, Tango, Uniform, Victor, Whiskey, X-Ray, Yankee, and Zulu. Now, I just noticed for the very first time that they have both Romeo and Juliet. So, good little shout-out there for Shakespeare and his star-crossed lovers. But that whole list, that whole list is the phonetic alphabet, including two cities. Those two global cities are Lima and Quebec, L and Q. Question number five. What is the number one selling item at Walmart? Now, the answer here actually surprised me. I was quite surprised by this. The answer here is bananas. Isn't that bananas? Ha, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty funny today. In any case, bananas are truly the regularly best-selling item at Walmart. Overall, the company sells over 1.5 billion pounds of bananas each year. That's billion with a B. 1.5 billion pounds of banana bananas each year, making it one of the largest banana vendors in the world. It's a lot of potassium. Uh, other among the other items among the company's top 10 selling list include toilet paper, not surprising, slow cookers, very surprising. I can't imagine how many slow cookers they're selling. I mean, typically people only need one for their house. Uh, televisions, 
flushable wipes, paper towels, that one makes sense as well, insulated tumblers. Now, to clarify, these are like insulated uh, water bottles, I guess, you know, that people are drinking out of a lot these days. Uh, and then another one on that list is pillows. But none of those sell as much as 1.5 billion pounds of bananas each year. Now, that's that is bananas. I'm telling you, that number is bananas. Blows me away. So, Walmart, you keep slinging those bananas. Moving on to question number six. Of which ship was Miles Standish the captain? And that famous American ship was the Mayflower. Miles Standish was an English military officer and colonist. He was hired as a military advisor for Plymouth Colony in present-day Massachusetts, United States by the Pilgrims. Standish accompanied the Pilgrims on the ship Mayflower and played a leading role in the administration and defense of Plymouth Colony from its foundation in 1620. On February 17, 1621, the Plymouth Colony Militia elected him as its first commander and continued to re-elect him to that position for the remainder of his life. Standish served at various times as an agent of Plymouth Colony on a return trip to England as assistant governor of the colony and its treasurer. Now, something interesting that I learned about Miles Standish, well, frankly, I learned all of that about Miles Standish. I didn't know anything about him. But something interesting was that he actually was not part of the church, and he never joined the church. He was merely there as a hired military officer. I mean, of course, he was part of the community. He lived there his entire life. He died there in Plymouth Colony, but never joined the church, which was quite interesting. It's interesting to think that he moved all the way across the world, never fully joined that community. In any case, that was Miles Standish, known for his trip on the Mayflower. Question number seven. In a decathlon, what is the first event? And the answer there, the first event is the 100 meters. The decathlon is a combined event in athletics consisting of 10 track and field events. Now, the word decathlon was formed in analogy to the word pentathlon from Greek deca, meaning 10, and athlos, or athlon, meaning contest or prize. Events are held over two consecutive days. The winners are determined by combined performance in all. Now, the 10 events in order are the 100 meters, the long jump, the shot put, the high jump, the 400 meters, the 110 meter hurdles, the discus throw, the pole vault, the javelin throw, and the 1500 meters. So those are all the 10 events in a decathlon, first one being the 100 meters. Now, if you're not familiar with the decathlon, a little insight for you, uh, often referred to as the greatest athlete is the one who wins it. Uh, also, that is the event that 
Caitlyn Jenner, uh, Bruce Jenner at that time. Bruce Jenner won that in the 1970s. So Caitlyn Jenner, if you're familiar, um, first gained fame in the United States by winning gold in the decathlon. Moving on to question number eight. What is the highest grossing holiday movie of all time? And that movie was The Grinch, the animated Grinch, I should specify. The Grinch was released and distributed by Universal Pictures in the United States on November 9th, 2018. It grossed over $526 million worldwide. That's half a billion dollars, becoming the highest grossing Christmas film of all time, as well as the highest grossing Dr. Seuss film adaptation. This was the final Dr. Seuss film adaptation to be released during the lifetime of Seuss's widow, Audrey Giesel, who served as executive producer of the film and died on December 19, 2018, five weeks after the film's release. Now, the next highest grossing Christmas films are Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which, by the way, already that's the top four. The top four are The Grinch, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, then How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I mean, those top four, those are all kind of the same, right? In any case, number five is A Christmas Carol, then it's Polar Express, then it's Love Actually, and finally, my personal favorite, Elf. So all of those movies, all great movies. But the highest grossing holiday movie of all time, that was The Grinch, 2018 animated. Never saw it. I guess I should probably go see it. Apparently it's pretty good. Moving on to question number nine. How many seasons did the Oprah Winfrey show run for? And that ran for a total of 25 seasons. The Oprah Winfrey Show, often referred to as The Oprah Show, or simply Oprah, is an American daytime syndicated talk show that aired nationally for 25 seasons, from September 8, 1986, to May 25, 2011, in Chicago, Illinois. Produced and hosted by Oprah Winfrey, it remains the highest-rated daytime talk show in American television history. Winfrey used the show as an educational platform, featuring book clubs, interviews, self-improvement segments, and philanthropic forays into world events. Oprah was one of the longest-running daytime television talk shows in history. The show received 47 Daytime Emmy Awards before Winfrey chose to stop submitting it for consideration in 2000. Let me say that again. Oprah received so many Daytime Emmy Awards that she simply stopped submitting it for consideration. And that was 47 awards. and that was she, So she started in 1986. And by 2000, 14 years later, not even... You know, just over halfway through the uh, the run of the show, she'd already won 47 Emmys. That's crazy. I mean, where would even put 47 Emmys? In any case, in 2002, so two years after she 
stop submitting it for consideration. TV Guide ranked it at number 49 on TV Guide's 50 Greatest Shows of All Time, which I think it should be ranked a little higher, but in any case. And in 2013, they did rank it higher as the 19th Greatest Show of All Time. So, evidently, they thought it should be ranked a little higher, too. In any case, that was Oprah Winfrey's show. Ran for 25 seasons. Moving on to our last question of the day. It's question number 10. In which city was Currywurst invented? And Currywurst was invented in Berlin, Germany. Currywurst is a fast food dish of German origin, consisting of steamed fried sausage, usually pork, so it'd be like bratwurst. It's typically cut into bite-sized chunks and seasoned with curry ketchup, uh, which is a sauce based on spiced ketchup or tomato paste, then topped with curry powder. The invention of currywurst is attributed to Hertha Hoover in Berlin in 1949, after she obtained ketchup or possibly some Worcestershire sauce, something like that. And she got curry powder from British soldiers in Germany. She mixed these ingredients with other spices and poured it over grilled pork sausage. Hoover started selling the cheap but filling snack at a street stand in the Charlottenburg district of Berlin, where it became popular with construction workers rebuilding the devastated city. So that was Currywurst. I personally, I've had a lot of Currywurst, as I've said before on the show. I studied, uh, I was an exchange student in Germany before. I was, um, I also lived in Austria for a time. They eat plenty of Currywurst in both Germany and Austria. Love it. If you haven't had it, highly recommend it. In any case, that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be simple, I encourage you to check in tomorrow. We're going to make it a little bit harder. And of course, on the other hand, if you found today to be a little bit too challenging, listen, I think you should still tune in tomorrow. Yes, it'll be a little bit more difficult, but you might know the answer to some pretty hard questions. So check it out. I want to thank all of you again for listening to my daily trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I'll see all of you tomorrow.